IASP with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics. Welcome to the latest episode of the Robots Podcast. Today we're off to Russia to revisit the 2016 International Association of Science Parks and Areas of Innovation Conference. The conference took place last September and brought together experts from science and technology parks and other areas of innovation, technology-based incubators, academia, the public sector and business to discuss and debate in depth the trends in science and technology parks and other areas of innovation as increasingly complex structures for professional innovation support. Our interviews Audra Nash and Christina Brester were there and spoke to some of the delegates for us. First up, let's hear from Albert Efimov, Chief Roboticist at Skolkovo, one of the conference hosts, about creating an innovation cluster for robotics companies. Beginning now. Hi, welcome to Robots Podcast. Hi. Would you introduce yourself? My name is Albert Efimov, and I work for Skolko Foundation as a head of Skolko Robotics Center. Mm -hmm. Would you tell me a bit about the Skolkovo Robotics Center? Uh, Skolko Robotics Center is an integral part of Skolkova, and we are focused on two areas of robotics. Mm -hmm. It's uh, intelligent robotics, it's a next-day robotics, I call it, and unmanned vehicles, aerial uh, marine vehicles and uh, ground vehicles. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, what kind of support do you provide these companies? Well, uh, basically two types of support. Uh, first of all, different kinds of support for commercialization, uh, like uh, financial support, yes. uh, connection support, networking support, infrastructure support, mm -hmm. and what is important is that we are city. And we are uh, supplying uh, our city as a test ground for our robotics. Mm -hmm. So basically two types of support. We, uh, first type is usual for developing institutions. Uh, but second time, because we are city, it's not very usual. Mm -hmm. Tell me a bit about the city that you provide on this Golfo campus. Oh, yes. It's uh, very interesting because uh, we would like to be leveled with, for example, Silicon Valley in California, mm -hmm. and we open up uh, our city for unmanned vehicles. Mm. Uh, so far, we've got two routes uh, available for um, unmanned vehicles, so uh, they can use it uh, for transportation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we start this um, testing from October. From October? Yes. Working on this unmanned year. aerial vehicles? Yes. Yes, unmanned vehicles, fully unmanned vehicles. Yes. Now tell me a bit about some of the companies you have here and how many there are. Um, there are over 60 companies doing robotics in Skolkova. And how fast are you growing? Because you had 30 a little while ago and now you have 60. Yes, exactly. Uh, so we double the number of companies every year. Wow. That's our goal. Uh, because the field is growing rapidly everywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. So we are using this wave of interest in robotics in all areas, starting from scientific and education. Mm -hmm. But we try to uh, get away from making robots uh, to creating useful robots or useful products. Mm -hmm. So it's not fun, uh, or well, it's fun to do unmanned vehicle, but uh, how to apply this unmanned vehicle later? It's fun to do exoskeleton. 
about what to do with this exoskeleton later because it's all about services and that's our focus area is of course service robotics. Hmm. Service robotics. Okay. And so can you tell me a bit about the Skolkovo community, the people that live here, um, the people that live and work on the Skolkovo campus? Well, uh, not many people are just living there at Skolkovo campus. Uh, by the way, I'm living myself maybe two kilometers uh, from Skolkovo. Yes. So me and my family is already there. But uh, for us it's important that people are coming to Skolkovo. And I would say a quarter of our residents uh, overall are already in Skolkova um, having their office square, yes. office square or laboratory. Mm-hmm. And uh, we believe that uh, more than half uh, will be having their office space in Skolkova within a year. Yes. And now, so how does Skolkovo find companies? Um, well, there are two ways. Uh, first way, they just come to Skolkova. They would like to do a startup project. Okay, do or they apply? Second, they apply? Yeah, they... They, they apply to Skolkova. Uh, but second way is we reach to community of engineers and scientists and yes. say, cool, listen guys, that's a cool idea. Can you do it? And say, mm, well, it might be a good product. Mm. So there are two ways. Yes. Uh, first, we uh, work with existing pipeline of projects. And second, we reach out to relevant community and give them ideas on what to do and mm-hmm. uh, which uh, we can show to uh, our customers, which we all know already. Yes. Uh, there is a very simple way to go to the Skolko, and there is only way to go to Skolko is to fill up a um, form at our website, questionnaire. Uh, well, this questionnaire is uh, rather complicated, I would say, yes. because it's like a good, uh, good scientific article. Okay. Just the same level. Ah, I see. Yeah, so it should be also peer-reviewed. Mm-hmm. So after um, people submit their application, it's peer-reviewed by 10 independent experts, and nobody knows who they are. Yes. Uh, so it's fully anonymous, and they give feedback. Mm-hmm. And uh, this feedback is very valuable. Yes. Uh, because it gives that um, startup opportunity to evaluate itself against uh, you know, collective mind of mm-hmm. our experts, which is extremely important. Mm-hmm. And so the companies, once they come, they're still evaluated once they arrive at Skolkovo. Yes. They have a trial period uh, or they're evaluated no, no, every, every year? year? Every year, uh, because every company come to Skolkovo with roadmap. Yes. And, uh, so this, what is this roadmap? Uh, a roadmap? No, no, roadmap consists of technological, marketing, uh, HR part, and uh, startups should um, actually evaluate performance of this roadmap in mm. annual um, questionnaire. Yes. So they're evaluating how they're doing in Skolkova. Um, some of them are doing great. Some yes. of them are not doing great. So, it's, uh, well, we have startups which are failing. Yes. But it's normal. Yes, of course, with startups. Okay. And then so at the one-year period, you evaluate how they've done on their roadmap. Yes. And decide if you extend for an additional year. No. Um, not like this. Um, to ex- you can exit Skolkova two ways. Yes. Uh, first way, if you fail uh, to comply with Skolkova rules, yes. and rules in Skolkova are very simple, you do only what you uh, get the status for. What did you get what for? What you get status. Oh, okay. For example, exosca- people who are doing uh, exoskeleton cannot do, for example, unmanned vehicle. No. Or they cannot do construction or no, tourism. No, that makes sense, of course. Yes. So that's the first thing. Uh, they, they have to do what they uh, signed for. Yes. And second thing, uh, it's one... 
one way of exit mm-hmm. to break something. <clears throat> but natural way of exiting is 10 years mm-hmm. or reaching oh, wow. out um, for 1 billion rubles um, revenues mm-hmm. uh, with uh, 300 million rubles of profits. What are some of the larger companies at Skolkovo? Uh, well, um, it's a mistake to think that Skolkovo is for startups uh, only. Yes. Because Skolkovo is actually for any company which got the status Skolkovo mm-hmm. and comply with our rules. Uh, so we have uh, companies which uh, already uh, have a lot of in revenues, mm-hmm. more than 1 billion rubles, yes. but very little revenue or uh, very little profit. Very little profit, yes. Yes. So there are such, such companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that 30, 30% of companies uh, in Skolkova are revenue generating. Hmm. Yes. And regarding to <coughs> robotics uh, startups in Skolkova, Out of 60 projects, we have uh, only 10 projects revenue generating. I see. So, what are some of the product, or what are some of the projects that you're most proud of at Skolkovo? Um, I'm very proud of uh, Exoskeleton, Exathlete. You know it. Yes. Also, I'm very proud with Vision Labs. It's okay. another our startups doing face recognition. They are world leader in face recognition. Oh yes. Along with Google, Facebook, and so, yes. uh, so for for commercial. As a commercial company, mm-hmm. um, I also very proud of uh, Promobot company, which is doing a lot of. It's a fa- fastest growing uh, uh, European robotic startup ever. Yes, yes. Wow. because they are selling those Promobots, service robots, mm-hmm. uh, for promotional goods, hundreds a year. Yes, wow. Yeah, that's big. At least for Europe, it's big. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I, th- I think for me, it's um, I'm very proud that uh, we, f- we were first in Russia to run unmanned vehicle, a uh, passenger bus. Wow. That's Volga bus. So Volga I'm, bus. I'm also very proud of it. Mm-hmm. Where, what do you think, where do you think Skolkovo will be in 10 years' time? Um, well, what, what kind of project, how much, what kind of growth do you expect, what kind of community? In 10 years, we are home of the coolest uh, possible projects in Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are exhibition of um, those projects which were created in Russia, but they are also uh, deployed in Skolkova. So it's our goal to create a city which allows itself uh, to test our products, mm-hmm. projects, like exoskeleton, like unmanned vehicles. So... Uh, we are not only city to produce, but we are city to test it. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. Thank you. You're welcome. And next, we delve into the world of underwater robotics, as Audro speaks to Anastasia Oryasheva, CEO of Suro, about a waterproof unmanned aerial vehicle. Hi, welcome to Robots Podcast. Hi. Can you introduce yourself? My name is Nastasia and I'm CEO of Tsura Robotics Company. Now, can you tell me about what you have at your booth? Yeah, well, this is a copter and a fish tank, and we are demonstrating a waterproof copter. Mm-hmm. Now, why make a waterproof copter? Because uh, if you want... And to be clear, it's a quad rotor, yeah, uh, so four propellers and fixed frame and yeah. this kind of thing. So if you want to have a professional drone, you should use it in every weather conditions. So it's for rain, for snow, for hard weather conditions. Okay. And how do you make it all weather? So this is a special two-component compound. 
All the drone is one PCB. And then it's in compounds, so it's waterproof completely. Mm -hmm. And so it's like some sort of rubber that you're putting around the drone to make sure water doesn't touch the electronics? Yeah, it's rubber compound. Okay. How do you apply this to the drone? So it's um, a liquid compound at first. So you just pour it on your PCB and then let it, you know, like become hard. Mm-hmm. That's all? Yeah, that's all. That's all the parts. Okay. And now the motors are also... Uh, so the motors Water- are running and I can see the coils. How do you waterproof them? So we're buying waterproof motors. They're isolated inside. Okay. What kind of... Uh, where do you buy waterproof DC motors from? Um, it's Chinese DC motors. So it's a famous company, T-Motor. And uh, they're selling different types of motors, including waterproof ones. Okay. How long has your company been running? It's one and a half year. Mm-hmm. And so in this one and a half year, you've developed this product. And now, where are you? We are selling this product to different Russian companies. And what is the product explicitly? The product is professional drone for monitoring. It's um, not only uh, waterproof, waterproof it also have a manual simplified controller, so any person could control drone in two minutes. Mm-hmm. And so is it this one frame that we see here? It's a drone that's maybe a foot and a half or a half a meter. This is the drone that you use? Do you have other ones? Yeah. Yes? What kind of payload can you put on this drone for all weather applications? Up to time. Up to 200 grams. So it's grams? video, yeah. So it's video, camera, it's photo camera, it's different sensors. Mm-hmm. And you get, what do you get, 20 minutes of battery, 20 minutes of battery life, 15 minutes of battery, battery no, life? It's, it's up to 30 minutes. 30 minutes? Yeah. How? It's a very lightweight frame mm-hmm. and big batteries. Yes. Okay, and what is the intended direction of your company? So we want to create, um, you know, like all kinds of professional drones and low-cost ones. In what spheres, uh, what pro- what problem domains? Agriculture, bridge inspection, any inspection, any inspection and monitoring, including including uh, civil monitoring and emergency monitoring. Emergency monitoring. Do you have any partners in the drone space? In the drone space, no. We have partners with um, Russian companies that use drones. Mm-hmm. What kind of companies? So it's mainly um, emergency. It's Russian Emercom system. Mm-hmm. And um, companies uh, that use drones for monitoring. And how did you decide to start this company? So we basically created... Um, created a controller for tilt rotor UV uh, at the beginning of our company um, and then we decided to create drone, Russian drones because there were no, no big companies that created drones Do you plan to have an international consumership? Yeah, of course Russian market is a small market for consumer you know, devices so we won't go to international market And what's the timeline for that? I think one year, two year. Mm-hmm. To Europe, to Asia. We will begin from Europe. Yes. And then, of course, U.S. market. U.S. market. Yeah. That's Why? The goal. Because it's the largest consumer market. Thank you.
And finally, sticking with the theme of water, let's hear from Boris Rosman, General Director of Genome, about underwater vehicles. Hi, welcome to Robots Podcast. Hi, welcome. Can you introduce uh, yourself? Uh, yes, I, I'm uh, Boris Rosman. Uh, uh, I uh, uh, developed uh, underwater robotics uh, name Gnome, or in English Genome. Mm -hmm. It's uh, 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 neutral buoyancy uh, vehicle, which can uh, move... Say it again. Huh? It's a, it's a, say no, it. Neutral buoyancy. What is that? Buoyancy, neutral. It's not, not sunken, not... Uh, oh, okay. Uh, neutral. Yes. So it's, it's a robot that is somewhere in between the ground of the seafloor and the surface of the sea. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's like underwater drone. Yes. It, it, it can... It's a robot that's flying in any direction. Yes. Any direction, uh, up, down, uh, right, left, forward, back, and uh, any... Mm -hmm. And uh, works via cable. Operator uh, in uh, surface unit uh, station uh, control it uh, using uh, joystick. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, uh, robot uh, can fly because it has uh, motors, mm -hmm. horizontal motors and vertical motors. Yes. Would you describe what the robot looks like? So we'll start with this one, not the mini. Uh, it looks like... What, what? what does it look like? So for someone who's listening to this how can they imagine it it's it's a vehicle vehicle yes so it's, it's a it's a rectangular prism robot rectangular like rectangular rectangle huh? ah forma yeah. yes yeah this this is a, this is a housing for electronics and yes. hermetic housing uh, it mm -hmm. can work under pressure underwater pressure oh. yeah and okay. and And uh, this uh, rectangular construction uh, allowed to go with, with protection of frame. Mm -hmm. Be because in, in the water, when you uh, survey some underwater object, you, you can uh, uh, damage. Yes. You can damage uh, vehicle. Mm -hmm. And this is frame uh, protection, for protection. Yes, and then yeah. within the rectangular frame... Then it has a camera, some lights pointing out the front of it. It, it has a video camera, mm -hmm. it has lights, it has uh, sensors like a depth sensor mm -hmm. and a compass for uh, direction, auto, autopilot. Mm -hmm. And uh, also auto depth mode and autopilot mode. Yes. You, uh, automatically go to uh, the location, like compass. Like compass, yes. Yeah. So you say go this far for this long mm. in this kind of thing? I suppose you can't use GPS underwater. How it's just a no GPS underwater. Yes, I know. Uh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so it has a claw on the front as well. What? It has a hand? Yeah, it's a grabber. Mm -hmm. Grabber to grab something. Yes. And so the grabber, what will you grab with the grabber? Uh, different, uh, some props, samples, uh, and uh, sometimes it's necessary to fix, to fix robotics if uh, current, if current. Oh, to grab onto something so you're not swept away? Sorry? To grab onto something in the environment so that a strong current doesn't yeah. sweep the robot away? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm. What uses do you see for this robot? 
different uses. Uh, uh, it's uh, beginning from uh, recreational for th this uh, small robot baby, mm -hmm. for and divers, a, for boat owners, boat owners, fishers, and uh, th then uh, model next model is uh, for uh, professional uh, application like uh, uh, firemen. Firemen. How will firemen use it? For spasenia. Uh, for salvage saving. Salvage saving. Yeah, spasenia. Salvaging something from other other rescue. For rescue teams. Ah. Rescue teams. Yes. And for inspection pipelines, inspection legs of oil platform in sea. Yes. And and the communication. Underwater communication mm -hmm. and uh, in port, um, in uh, shipyards. Port security. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, port security. Yeah. Yes. It's uh, uh, many applications which uh, require require the underwater survey. Yes. And now the cable that goes to it is it powering the device? Yeah. And then you're also sending information back to the user. Uh, uh, it's uh, mixed, mixed in signal, uh, voltage, power, mm -hmm. uh, video, and uh, data channel. So you have multiple cables in the cable that communicate these kinds of things. You're not communicating video uh, through. No, three signals. Uh, one, one signal is uh, voltage. Yes. Power. The second is uh, video. Ah, I see. And then mixed. ground. And the data channel also. It's. All multiplexes in one signal. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's why we, that's why we use that our cable is very thin, three, yes. three millimeters. Yes. Because our competitors have eight millimeters minimum, mm -hmm. eight ten millimeters. It's very important in the water. To keep it thin. Underwater, yes. very important. What kind of resolution from the camera do you get? What kind uh, of data rate are you It's seeing? about uh, se seven seven hundred uh, TV lines. It's uh, analog camera. Say it again. Analog. Analog camera. Analog camera. Oh, cool. 700 TV lines. 700 what? TV lines. TV lines. What is that? Is is it's like high resolution. Oh wow. Because it's analog. Yes. It's not digital. Huh. But but you see here you see digital. You see yes. It's a com uh, convert. Yes. Convert to digital. Mm -hmm. Now why analog? Hmm? Why analog as opposed to digital? Uh, be because uh, it allows to work in real time. It's uh, easy to transmit the signal via cable. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, distance. distance. Yeah. 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 But, but for some application, we uh, make uh, digital cameras. Yes. Mm -hmm. Where necessary high resolution. I see. And so, can you tell me about how this moves in the ocean or in the sea? I see that it has fans on top and fans behind it. Yeah, it, you, you can control using joystick uh, vertical yes. fans and uh, uh, horizontal fans. I see. Hmm? Three dimensions. Forward, back, right, left, up, mm -hmm. down. I see. Yeah, and uh, for up, down and for uh, horizontal movement, mm -hmm. flying. Gotcha. And so the user is sitting at the station. Yeah, watching pilot. the pilot. pilot in the station. He sees uh, the video picture from camera mm -hmm. and can uh, camera up, camera down. Yep. So you can move it when it's 
connected. Camera up, camera down. For okay. observing your environment, it's, it's possible to set uh, a second camera here. We have models with two cameras. Okay. One in the front. Uh, the, oh, in a rear one? And rear, yeah. Gotcha. So the camera can pan up and down? Can yeah. it do a left and right as well? Right and left, yes, uh, the second. It can, it can yeah. Oh, yes? It's similar, but the, the second camera. Gotcha. Okay. And so what happens when... Or do you have problems with the cables becoming tangled or uh, getting stuck in anything? Always? Any no. ROV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bad thing for uh, all ROVs. Uh, yes. It's Achilles heel. It's of Achilles heel for ROVs, yeah. Huh. It's always. Okay. Is there any way that you've been able to reduce the downside of having the cable to it? There's not uh, an alternative. Reduce what? To, is there any way you've improved the cable so that it's not getting caught on everything or anything? Do you keep a tension system? Operator, or can, uh, I noticed that it's very smooth, yeah. so that it wouldn't build up friction. Uh, operator can has can have uh, experience. Yeah, it's ah, knowledge. It's experience. Knowledge. It's, uh, it's piloting. Yeah, pilot uh, with good mm-hmm. piloting, good experience. No, but but but, but for uh, some application, is not necessary big experience. Yes. For example, if you survey dump. You can you can have experience because it's many garbage, many unexpected things. Just all kinds of things. <coughs> yes. Are there other methods of communicating with an underwater vehicle than a cable? I, I believe some use acoustics in these kinds of things because you yes, can't AUV, use electromagnetic AUV waves. Are, uh, autonomous uh, underwater vehicles. It's yes. uh, another class of uh, underwater vehicles. Yes. And uh, but uh, this. Uh, but they're autonomous. They're not connected uh, until they, they surface. Battery basically. On board battery on board they, they, and more. they get their own program go by the given direction or map or whatever and they come back ah. mm-hmm. very simple there's no it's control not, it's not simple it's very complicated technology oh but, yes uh, but I mean very simple uh, operations uh, yeah it's uh, without umbilical cable yes <clears throat> hmm. do you see any methods of control other than making it autonomous and using a cable in the near future Ah, no cable. Uh, we we make uh, cable uh, vehicles. Yes. Oh, so that's your that's focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, but do you are there other companies that you believe will use other methods than we've discussed? No, only autonomic. Yeah. What, what you only autonomous? I yeah. See. Yeah. Some some they they do. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Okay. What? So what's the future of your company? Uh, we we try to capture more uh, uh, market. All over the world, we sell all over the world, and uh, we want to uh, sell in US, mm-hmm. for example, because US is a huge market. I've heard, yes. Yeah, but but we, we have competitor in US. Mm-hmm. Uh, now is um, uh, appear many competitors all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have to reduce our prices and uh, have some. Ah, so it becomes price. one of those races to the bottom kind mm-hmm. of thing. Low price. Mm-hmm. Ah, I see. That's the goal. Okay. Uh, what do you do different than the... Are, are there distinguishing features of your underwater vehicle compared to some of the competition? We would like to make some uh, improvements which uh, will allow us to compete more and more. 
Mm-hmm. In terms of cost reduction. Mm-hmm. In terms of cost reduction. Uh, yes. Yes, that will be the major also. future improvements. Yeah, we we look for some uh, uh, cheap materials. Uh, to, to, uh, we became to uh, to work with uh, 3D printers, mm-hmm. uh, and it's cheaper, and it uh, allow to make cheaper. Yes, prices cheaper. I see. Is it a very low margin? Market that you're entering? Do you make very little profit off of each one of these you sell? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do you yeah. sell many? Hmm? Do you sell many of them? Um, we sold about 600 uh, units for nine years. For nine years? Yeah. I see. And what is the cost of one of these systems? The pro the, professional the small version one, uh, started from three thousand dollars. Yes. This and uh, this model is uh, professional is about uh, seven eight thousand, hmm. and Wh- the big one forty thousand. Forty thousand. Yeah, so for deep, for deep uh, three hundred ah, meters. Three hundred meters. What kind of pressure do you experience hmm? at three hundred meters? What, what kind? What kind of pressure does the robot experience? Pressure. Yes, the weight of the water on all sides. One atmosphere for every ten meters. How much? One atmosphere for every ten meters. Wow. Okay. Thirty atmospheres. Yes. Thirty. I see. Okay. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. And that's it for today. Remember, you can access all our past episodes as well as lots more information about the latest news and developments in robotics on our website at robohub.org. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Until then, goodbye. IASP with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics.